0: Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.
1: That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com presented by No Vape Idaho. Idaho Public Television's campaign to raise awareness about the dangers of youth vaping. Be smart don't start we are here to talk all of the biggest stories from the magic valley district four in the past week that was and boy was there a lot so without further ado my name is brandon manny let's bring on our magic valley experts uh atomic
0: city scott burton what's up scott <laughs> what's going on Brandon i uh chose atomic city this time around because uh last weekend right after state basketball catch a quick flight to vegas to see you two again at the sphere and of course, Atomic City is their kind of new song, whatever. Uh, yeah, makes like a hundredth show I've seen in my lifetime or something like that. But had to do it, and uh, that's why Atomic City is here.
1: Now you went earlier this fall to the first uh, concert ever held at the Sphere in yeah. Las Vegas. It was also you two. And then take us through how you got to go on the the return trip after Girl State had concluded this past weekend.
0: Well, we. We, uh, if you belong to their fan club, I guess, I'm, I'm going to sound, I'm going to total geek out here. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, you belong to the fan club, you get special deals and, and uh, you don't always get to choose unless you want to like pay out the nose for whatever. Um, but you get a lot of X amount of tickets that we could buy together. And it just happened to be you know, that weekend and it's like, well, let's just plan around it. And so here we go off. We went, uh, there was about 15 of us all family and, uh, just had a blast, um, pictures, some of them, I I can't post or show it's Vegas. And, uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. The first time we went, we were like on front row. I mean, just VIP section 100. And then this time we, we climbed up high. And we're like, you know what, let's check out the whole thing. And I'll tell you what, the higher the seat, the better the experience. Because you've got that entire uh, weird screen thing going on that uh, is just trippy. And, and they had to a- adjust some of it because people, some people were kind of getting seizures. Uh, it was that kind of a deal. It, it is If you've not experienced it, you got to go uh they're having other bands fish if you remember fish from the 90s they have signed to play there Now I didn't even think they were apparently they're still in the pond so they're gonna play and uh their other bands are coming they're showing movies they've got experiences there it is definitely uh worth the trip and plus it's Vegas I love Vegas
1: yeah. Uh, you talked about the higher, the seat, the better, the, uh, experience. I could make a joke about the higher, the something, the better the experience, but I'm going to leave that low hanging fruit alone. And, well, uh, <laughs> I'm going
0: to pluck that fruit because, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> because there's, they're bringing in, um, I mean, fish, um, there was talk of like some, some grateful dead. There was talk of like some other stuff, uh, pink Floyd. I mean, there was talk of those kinds of things coming in. And yeah, you talk about some, uh, a no brainer. Uh, I mean, I mean, we thought that the, uh, uh, the pink Floyd, the wall was trippy. I mean, imagine what they would do with this fear uh, with all of that stuff. So uh, we'll see what they do, but it's certainly an experience. That is for sure.
1: Yeah. Some uh, comments already from some of our Idaho students sports brethren, Paul Kingsbury. (laughs) Seizures. Back in my day, you paid extra for that. Uh, Also, Scott, first time you're uh, back in your your man cave slash office with all those cool football helmets behind you. We figured, you know, you'd been in front of the roaring fireplace for the winter, but we are pretty much spring sports start Friday. So, you know, it's time to time to cool off and and uh get ready for spring sports so you move back outside logan green says why do you have a clemson helmet haven't they lost to nc state two of the last three years seems like you need a different one logan of course big nc state homer
0: yeah yeah carolina chimes in you know way to go yeah no i've got i've got like here let me show you over on the wall yeah i mean i've got all the jerseys but i've got the helmets like pat tillman right there that's his College jersey and pro jersey. You know, Ferragamo had to take down because I had to get to the uh the fuse box. But uh, you know, Bo Jackson, his college jersey or his college helmet, his pro helmet, Kurt Warner. I mean, it's just a whole thing. And then I got stuff over here. Uh, it's gonna be great. It's awesome. And then Mamba on the back wall um is just about done.
1: Yeah, let's see here. Oh, cool, that's painted on. That's awesome. Yeah, looks good. And yeah, all, all that exercise equipment that nobody uses.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good clothing rack. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and I think, you know, entertaining the thought is the first step. And so, you know, we're going to let that just kind of simmer for a bit and, uh, you know, make my way over there at some point.
1: Yeah, eventually. Right. Once things slow down, because we are right in the thick of it, Scott, we are straddling worlds of girls basketball, wrestling and boys basketball, but also straddling worlds of winter sports and spring sports, which start on Friday, which again, I've said numerous times, I'm not a huge fan of the overlap between everything, but another topic for another day, because we got plenty, we got plenty already on the docket today, Scott. So we are
0: going to get into it. Yeah, this is a busy, busy time, and uh, we have a lot of information to cover, um, so let's just dive in.
1: Yeah, let's start with the uh, weekend that was at the Girls Basketball State Tournaments uh, throughout the Treasure Valley. Scott, first time since 1995 that not a single team from the Treasure Valley, aka District 3, not a single team was playing for a championship on Saturday. First time since 95. I don't know about you, but I I found it quite enjoyable.
0: Uh, you know what? I think most of the state outside of the Boise Valley found it very enjoyable. Uh, it's There's just certain kind of prejudices that people have about areas of the state, Boise being the Mecca. Yeah, it's nice to not have a Boise team in there. You know, nothing against them, but it's something we don't see very often. So the rest of the state, you know, good for them.
1: Yeah, and it was East Idaho doing most of the heavy lifting. We had three championships yep. where it was all East Idaho, a fourth championship won by an East Idaho team, and then we had an all-North final in the 5A championship as well. So nobody from the Magic Valley won a title, Scott, but we did have one team get as close as you can without actually winning trick sure. at the Class 1A D2 level. They get to the champ. First of all, they survive a, a crazy low-scoring semifinal with Deary, 29-26, Then they get to the championship against Kendrick. They find themselves down in the second half. They begin mounting the comeback. They hit an incredible shot. Caitlin Wanamaker to send the game to overtime, and then they fall by two in OT, 55-53. They come home with the second-place trophy. It was an incredible run for Dietrich, but for the second year in a row, so agonizingly close to winning it all, but second year in a row, a second-place trophy.
0: Yeah, dang it. You know what? I mean, that's just – it's heartbreaking for Dietrich because, you know, you. Kind of been there done that already second place i mean you've kind of been the stepsister at the ball two years in a row and this was supposed to be their year their number one ranked team but you know they they like you said survived that first round but boy they had to to mount a wild comeback in that championship game i mean they were down at one point by 13 in the second half and And down by nine entering that fourth quarter when they outscored Kendrick 21 to 12 to force overtime. But, you know, after that, it was the Kendrick Tigers and uh, Harley uh, Heimgartner that just kind of took over for Kendrick in that overtime, scoring all of her points. And, you know, Kendrick wins their, what, second title this year after winning boys football, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Kendrick. It was number one versus number two. But. such a heartbreaker for Dietrich
1: and spoiler alert Kendrick's going to be right in the mix for boys basketball as well could be a banner year up there in in the small community in north Idaho um so yeah for Dietrich it was still an incredible run at state for them and uh second place two years in a row nothing to be ashamed of let's take a look at our all tournament team this was selected by the IdahoSports.com broadcasters covering the 182 tournament Scott Uh, We had from Dietrich, Caitlin Wanamaker. She hit the big shot to force overtime. She makes the first team all-tournament. Sage Hubert and Aaliyah Robertson made the second team, and then Paige Van Tassel made honorable mention.
0: Yeah, all of those great players. And, you know, Robertson and and Wanamaker came up big in that, you know, championship game. Uh, 20 points for Robertson, and uh, I mean, it just some really good, talented players on that Dietrich team. And, uh, gosh, dang it, I, I, I still feel for him because I was watching that game, and I'm like, oh, come on, let's go. But that well, wasn't meant to be. And uh we'll
1: get to the Dietrich boys
0: momentarily,
1: but they are kind of in the reverse position. They're trying to be the spoiler. Uh, that'll be yeah. a fun tease for what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, okay, our next highest finisher, Scott, From the state tournament, we had some Magic Valley teams playing on Saturday, but Filer came through and actually won the consolation trophy on Saturday by defeating Fruitland 56 48. Filer lost in the opening round by only six points to Timberlake 36 30. They beat American Falls on Friday by nine. They get to Saturday, they they pull out another tight win. And so Filer gets to come
0: home with the what it's the black trophy, right? For winning the consolation, correct? Yeah, I mean you get to trophy Saturday. That is number one. The the last thing you want to do at the state tournament is go to and barbecue and you just get to Saturday. And if you can do that, then you know what, what happens happens, but, you know, good for uh, that group of of seniors for filer. Um, You know, they've got like four or five seniors on that roster. So they were pretty senior heavy. Um, But, you know, coming away with hardware, I mean, you cannot be disappointed in that. Fyler with a great year, um, battled Kimberly all year long. Even Buell got in on the, on the mix a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's Fyler with some hardware. So congratulations to them. It's a really good program they have over there.
1: Yep, five-time uh, district champions, five in a row, trying to make it mm-hmm. six next year. Kimberly did go two and out. They lost to Fruitland by 10 on Friday in the loser-out game after losing to Teton in the opening round. So let's take a look at the 3A all-tournament team here. Scott, uh, let's start with Filer. Hazel Fisher makes the first team all-tournament. Reese Hills makes the second team. And it's Tanley Lemoyne making honorable mention. And from Kimberly, Sadie de DeGraffenreid. That would be a hard one as a broadcaster to get out in a short amount of time to graph and read, but she is honorable mention from Kimberly as well.
0: Yeah, some people need nicknames, and that's why why we do it, and uh, that is definitely one of them. But, uh, you know, you look at this group of girls, and it just seems like, for example, Hazel Fisher has been, you know, a a 12-year starter for Filer, it seems like. And, uh, you know, you don't mention Filer Girls Basketball without Hazel Fisher there and just watching her play over the years. Cause I mean, we've, we've gotten to know Filer pretty well at Jerome just because we have them on our schedule and then they come to our Christmas tournament and, you know, and we've gotten to know the girls and just kind of pull for them just because they're really, you know, they're nice people, a great program. And, and uh, these names are not just names, but we know these kids over here. And, um, you know, so again, congratulations, hardware to filer. uh, that's all, all you can ask for.
1: Yep. Uh, we had two more teams, Scott uh, playing uh, on Saturday. I kind of leapfrogged Oakley, who, uh, because they didn't win a trophy. Can I just say for a moment, I've kind of talked about this on the other prep casts. It's weird to me that the fifth place team gets a trophy but the fourth place team does not. That still yeah. seems like a, I can't wrap my head around that. Oakley took fourth. They fell to Prairie in the third place game at the 1A-D1 state tournament, 60-41 to after falling in a pretty tight semifinal with Lapway. Last year, of course, they shocked the world and beat Lapway yeah. this year. Um, you know, 44 holding Lapway to 44 points is really outstanding defensively, but Oakley just couldn't get their offense going. They only scored 32 points in a 12 point loss to Lapway in the semis, but Oakley playing on Saturday. Um, and I thought still wrapped up a great season overall.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, Oakley is a perennial powerhouse every year. Um, you know, losing to Lapway, you don't think Lapway remembered last year when they should have beaten Oakley and didn't. I mean that that's one of those games that circled on the the Lapway calendar. Um but you know Oakley losing kind of kind of big to prairie but it's one of those games to where you lose in a semifinal. We talk about it all the time. I mean that is the hardest game sometimes to play is coming off a a loss in the semifinals. How are you going to respond? Um, we have seen great teams lose heartbreakers in the semis and then absolutely not show up the next day. Um, so that, and I've coached in those games, and they are the hardest games to get your team motivated because, you know, I mean, I remember talking to our our girls' coach at the state tournament too. Is that, hey, you have got to make sure as a kid coach that your demeanor and your attitude is something you want reflected in your players because they are going to be looking to you for their mood, their motivation. And if, and if you look like your dog just got hit by a car, then you know what, that's exactly what they're going to do. And, and that's, that's where experience comes in into the state tournament is, it's not just about coaching a game. It's about handling your players and the moods and, and not getting too high, not getting too low. And, you know, so. Yeah, I I kind of feel bad for Oakley in that situation. But, uh, you know, again, another great season for them. Um, But, uh, boy, there was really no stopping Grace. And we saw that one early on, that that Grace was going to be a team um, that could cruise through this thing. And, boy, did they ever.
1: I kind of secretly was hoping that Grace and Oakley would meet up uh, in the championship because they played that epic New Year's Day game yeah. at the Delta Center in Salt Lake City. I was trying to petition to get the game moved back there if that was the, <laughs> if that's what the championship was, but it didn't pan out. Um, oh, dang it! Uh, unfortunately, uh, on the backside of the bracket, Scott, on Saturday, we had an All Magic Valley consolation final. Murtaugh and Valley meeting up for the fourth time this year uh this time for a trophy at state Murtaugh after getting upset in the first round by Prairie 66 54 they beat Rimrock in a loser out game and then they beat Valley by 10 to win mm-hmm. the consolation final Valley lost to Lapway right away on opening day they beat Liberty Charter in their loser out game and to get to the Saturday final so Murtaugh comes home with
0: the trophy and Valley got to Saturday which is good for that program also yeah absolutely and you know fun fact and and I, and I think I'm right on this one, but in the entire 5A down to 1A, D2 opening round, every game went chalk except that Murtaugh game. That was the only game opening day in any bracket that had a, a higher seed losing.
1: Yep, and I think people point to that and say, hey, Max, perhaps maybe it's working, right? We got the top seeds to the semis, so.
0: Yeah, well, it's it sure as heck of a lot better than what we had, you know. Yeah. Uh, not that it can ever be tweaked, but I tell you what, I mean, it's it's certainly better.
1: Yep, uh, for sure, so you're right. Uh, Prairie over Murtaugh was the only quote-unquote upset where a lower-seeded team won. Let's take a look at our 1A D1 all-tournament team for the girls, Uh, Let's start with Oakley. They finished the highest. Talen Beck takes uh, a second team all-tournament honor there. Gentry Hawker named to the honorable mention. Uh, Next for Murtaugh, Ashley Stanger named to the first team all-tournament. And then Briley Widmere on the honorable mention squad. And then for Valley, they had two uh, selections as well. Lexi Hudig on the second team and Joni Lewis, honorable mention. So everybody got two selections there. Pretty good.
0: Yeah, good representation from the Magic Valley, and you know you talk about the Stanger girl; she's she's off to play at the next level. Um, but uh, you know murta and Stanger—they that's one of those names that just goes hand in hand. And uh, you know even though that they didn't win the whole thing, they they come away with some hardware and and close out a nice career for for Stanger. So um, you know Murtaugh is—they're going to reload. They're going to be back. They always are. They are a powerhouse in that conference. But uh, again, that conference. Is a juggernaut. And uh, it's it, we're going to hear these stories over and over again about how they just beat each other up over the course of the season, and it's going to continue, and it's awesome. And that's why this conference produces so many winners and so many trophies in so many sports.
1: Murtaugh loses some seniors. Oakley loses some seniors. Tegro, 215 in the chat, Scott. Valley has no seniors, so yeah. next year could be interesting.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and plus, you get Valley with that, Crew coming back and uh, the experience now. I mean, all those girls are going to have state experience. And, and we just talked about it. Experience matters at the state tournament. Uh, I, I can't tell you enough. Played at the state tournament as a, as a player. Coached in it. I, I, I'm telling you, it's huge. So Valley's going to have a lot to build on with those young kids coming back.
1: Yep. Let's go to the 4A state tournament, Scott, where Jerome was the seven seed. Minico was the six. They each lost in the opening round by seven points. Jerome loses to Pocatello, 49-42. Minico loses to Skyline, the eventual runner-up, by seven, 60-53. And then they have to meet each other in a loser-out game on Friday. This was a big moment for Jerome, I thought. The Tigers to uh, vanquish Minico once and for all, 61-52. Yeah. Then they moved to the consolation final against Bishop Kelly, another uh, old friend from earlier in the season. They fall a little bit short, ran out of gas against BK. But mm-hmm. for Jerome and Minico, kind of interesting that they met up, not where they thought they were going to on the backside of the bracket.
0: You know, you're right. And sometimes you just have got to find the victories that are going to, to make your season and then it changes um, from day to day I mean you're looking at that bottom half of that state bracket and really it could have been any of those teams you know I mean I know Pocatello the number two seed you know they were Jerome was up at the half and even though they lost by seven Jerome scored one point in that third quarter and didn't score a field goal until midway through that fourth period yet they were still in it and it just makes you wonder if a couple of things would have fallen where would they be now and and that's where you know as kind of an ad who's been there at those games you know talking to your young coaches hey you've got a rally right now because your season is not over and boy did they respond because Minico was waiting for him and Minico was the one that, you know, knocked him out of that state or the district championship game. And, and they felt Jerome did that. They, they kind of let that one get away because they stepped to the charity stripe. And I think they were like nine of 23 or 24 on the night. And it's like, we let that one go. So they had a little bit of motivation and it's funny how paths cross at the state tournament. And depending on where the motivation lies, uh, you, you see some really interesting things. So congratulations to the drum girls. They made it to trophy Saturday and that was kind of the goal. Yeah, and they got most the of best. their girls coming back too next year.
1: Yes. And Minico of course loses quite a bit, including CJ Lotta, one of the best players in the classification. Here's the four, a all tournament team, Scott uh, from Jerome Emma Allen named to the second team and Jensen cook, honorable mention, for CJ Lotta named to the first team.
0: There, all right. Yeah, let's. Ra- oh, go ahead, go ahead, Scott. Oh, that's a shocker. Yeah. You know, um. I mean, it just it, I throw some props to CJ. What a career she's had. Um, we, just yeah, uh, just amazing.
1: Yeah, she's going to Utah State, of course. Um, Scott, we we talked about this on the other prep casts between brinley Cannon the MVP of the tournament, Abby Lusk of Pocatello the defensive MVP and then everybody on this first team, Lada and then Kenna Garza from pokey and Mia Williams from Shelley and the Shippen sisters from Skyline. Like those are all like potential high-end college basketball players. That's a really
0: <laughs> stacked, you know. It, it really is. I mean, that is a stacked field of talent on the basketball floor and I mean, my goodness. I'm telling you, if CJ makes it to, you know, Saturday and doesn't go two and out, maybe she's, you know, the player, the all tournament player, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, looking up and down that that roster, holy crinolis, that that's, that's some talent.
1: Yeah. So no, no, no shame to Emma Allen for, you know, only getting the second team,
0: you know, she yeah. can,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, well, and she's in,
0: in, in, in a lot of her bread and butter too is softball. I mean, she is a, a heck of a softball player, you know? Yeah. So um, I mean, basketball might be your second, second best. Yep. So. For sure.
1: All right. Finally, two, a tournament, Scott Declo came in as the number seven seed. Uh, they go two and out the only team from the magic Valley, uh, besides Minico, and uh, I'm trying to think now. I think that was it. To go two and out, they, they lose to Bear Lake, the eventual state champs in the opening round. They fall the Soda Springs by 13 in the loser out contest. It was still a good season for the Hornets overall. Now the question is, okay, how do we we've kind of assumed dominance of this district. How do we, how do we start competing at on a statewide level? And that's something that coach powers is going to work on hard this off season.
0: Yeah. You know, for sure. I mean, you look at Declo. I mean, coming in as number seven and, you know, they, they, they got handled by eventual champion bear Lake and, but, uh, you know, they, they rebounded well against a really good soda team. Um, and just fell a little bit, a little bit short, but that experience is, again, is going to be huge for Declo to build on. And, you know, that's a, a pretty solid field of, of two way teams. You know, when you look at it, I mean, Bear Lake, you know, was just one of the hottest teams coming in North Fremont perennial powers in that, in that conference, um, fell to the number four seed, but Grangeville was kind of the surprise coming in as the overall number one and getting knocked off by North Fremont. Um, Which really kind of helped Bear Lake a little bit uh, become that champion. But, you know, I was I was watching this field and thinking, man, this what a what a tough field that is. I mean, very, very uh, lots of parity there.
1: Yes. Uh, and uh, anybody that had North Fremont versus Bear Lake besides the fans in Ashton and Montpelier, they're lying to you. Here's here's uh Shug Bradshaw just logged in, hoping to hear more talk about the mighty big three in two a girls hoops and how much better they are than the teams that easily beat them. Please don't <laughs> disappoint. Okay. All right. I've, I've earned this. I said all year the big three was Grangeville, Melba, Coal Valley Christian based upon those teams actually played each other and had been regular participants at state. And I knew they had good players coming back. Bear Lake has been a couple of years since they've been to state. And it's, mm-hmm. it's nice to see that they put all the talent together. I'll admit I was wrong. I don't know if anybody else will. Nobody was picking Bear Lake to win state coming into that two-way <laughs> tournament. I'm telling you that right now. It would help. I will say Bear Lake, it would help if you played more teams outside of East Idaho. It helped us be more informed uh, to get a couple more data points um, Yeah, against. That was the problem is they played all East Idaho. And I'm like, well, I don't know how good East Idaho is. I know these other teams are good, but it it was fun to see. And as for North Fremont, you know how they dominated their competition. They didn't. They won by a point on an and one with a second to go. So that game could have swung either way. So I'll I'll fight back on that a little bit. <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking it personally, Scott.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. And I'm I'm just going to sit quiet and let you just kind of uh, see how you dig yourself out of this one because I you know what you know more than I do when it comes to this, to this <laughs> classification. And so I'm just going to stay quiet. But you know what? You bring up the point about Bear Lake and uh, playing all those East Idaho teams. I mean, that's the the problem we have with North Idaho. You know, we just don't get those those comparisons and uh that that data just to to make an informed decision sometimes but you know I, I i for one saw you know bear lake all the way i mean i saw you know i mean i don't know what everybody's talking about i mean I, I i knew north fremont was good but you know i i saw grangeville losing i mean they weren't a true number one it was bear lake all the way come on <laughs>
1: Okay. That's a good, that's a good, yeah, you weren't there for any of our state preview shows. So you've got, you've got uh plausible deniability.
0: That's called <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm handling the boys coming up next week, so I better be able to back up what I'm saying, but right now I can just say whatever I want. That's right. Hey,
1: all all joking aside, congratulations to Bear Lake. I always say, you know, when I'm making my analysis, I love being wrong. That's that's what's great about state. You never know what's going to happen. And so congratulations to Bear Lake on their 2A championship. Uh, Here is the 2A all tournament team. Scott, quickly to wrap up our girls hoops discussion here. Uh, from Declo, we had Bryn Silcock named as an honorable mention. So congratulations there to Bryn. And I I know Declo loses some good seniors. And so, you know, they're going to have to figure out how they reload because Wendell's bringing back like almost everybody. So,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. We talked about it. Wendell was a year or two out. Um, but now with Declo losing everybody, it's Wendell's to have, or to take over, uh, next year yes
1: for sure okay last point here for shook bradshaw and then uh bear lake played big schools in wyoming kelly walsh from casper high has 2400 students you're right shook i lived in wyoming i covered basketball in wyoming wyoming basketball pales in comparison to idaho basketball and that's putting it nicely there's not a lot of good teams in in wyoming so again yes good data point but again that doesn't help me in my analysis of <laughs> what's going on statewide. But, yes, congratulations to Bear Lake is what I'm trying to say. Take the victory already, <laughs> okay? Take take the dub, all right?
0: Oh, my word. <laughs> all right, funny. Scott.
1: Before we get into state wrestling and boys basketball, if you're from Idaho and between the ages of 13 and 18 years old, enter the NoVape video contest to expose the shadowy commercial tobacco ma- marketing tactics behind vaping just create and upload your 90 second vape bashing masterpiece and you could win a portion of the more than ten thousand dollars in prize money being awarded deadline to enter is april 1st winners will be announced may 1st raise your voice about the dangers of vaping and win big cash prizes from no vape idaho i think this is a great idea scott get the uh get the the teens involved, you get to create a video, use that creativity, and uh, you get to talk smack about vaping, and oh, yeah. you could possibly win cash, right?
0: Absolutely, it's uh, again, it's a, a, a problem our kids are just not getting. They're they're not learning, you know. So any education we can provide, the better, and get them involved in this, even even better. I remember when what was it the 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 great the uh, big race, the great race? What was that? show the amazing race they uh were having auditions and my brother wanted me to make a video with him uh to audition for that and so we did and we made this awesome video and i don't know if he ever sent it in but (laughs) my point is (laughs) is that that can be a lot of fun you know get creative make a video and uh yeah do it yep and he
1: could win some you know some prize money which is a pretty big uh deal as well Uh, okay let's shift to state wrestling scott it's taking place at the mini dome slash holt arena slash the iccu dome whatever you want to call it now over in pocatello it's going to host state wrestling this weekend we did a deep dive on the idaho Chat prep cast earlier this week that's our standalone wrestling podcast we do every week but we kind of identified some team contenders and some team dark horses here scott so let's just uh start at the top here with class 4a minico is the favorite coming into state wrestling they're bringing 20 athletes that is the most of any team in the field really it's going to come down to uh, minico's quantity versus bishop kelly's quality
0: yeah uh, no question about it minico's got the depth bishop kelly has the superstars Uh, bishop kelly has the the kids that are going to wrestle for state titles. Um, and then Minico, with their depth, is going to try to get it done. I mean, you look up and up and down this this Minico Bishop Kelly. Jeez, uh, I, I mean, you go through it all, and I mean, BK has got one, two, three, four, five, six wrestlers that are ranked number one in their classifications. That is, that's insane. But that shows you the star power that Bishop Kelly has, and those star power wrestlers are the ones they are going to have to perform you know and minico you know they've got one two three four number one ranked wrestlers and and that's nothing to you know to shake your head at either but you really when it comes down to it's going to be those middle rank wrestler scoring points you know if your number one's always win it's not going to be enough it, it, you need those other points to um to to boost your team to a title and you know you look at some of these weight classes too and there is there are going to be some battles you know i'm looking at uh, number one that jumps out to me is the 160 pound weight class where you know bk's number one uh, uh jaden skellinger comes in and minico's paxton twist comes in the second ranked in the 160. um but what a clash that would be if they met in the finals and you know those kind of things could could be happening across the board because I'm even in 152. BK has, you know, the number one ranked in Martino and then Otley for Minico's number three. I mean, you can go up and down all this and find these potential matchups between these absolutely two heavyweight wrestling programs.
1: Yeah. And there's uh, some Minico guys to keep an eye on Preston, uh, Sauner cranny uh, has a good Mm -hmm. shot. Uh, uh, Garrett Vale who uh you know shout out to him he uh he tunes in loyally every week to the Match Chat prepcast it's always fun when the athletes themselves are tuning in and being part of the conversation as well so yeah. you know, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it Jerome is a dark horse Scott to to contend for a top 3 spot bringing mm-hmm. 12 guys though they're going to have to squeeze every ounce out of those 12 to, to finish in the top right. 3 but that but there is a path so
0: yeah you know i mean you, you think about it the the top 3 Contenders are most likely going to be the top three finishers, even though uh, Century is bringing sixteen, Lakeland fourteen. Bottom. It's I mean, but Caldwell's pedigree, um, the the quality of wrestlers they're bringing. I mean, you, you can't really sleep on them. I I do see it coming down to a two team race between Minico and Bishop Kelly. It's I mean, it's really the the usual suspects in four a state wrestling and you know and you're right you brought up some names that are just going to be fun to watch and Vale was one of them I mean this kid is coming in as the defending state champion with a 43 and one record and his only loss um was to a kid in California um in a in a 91 team classic uh, in Reno so I mean this Garrett Vale kid is good and then Sonner Cranny a 195 another defending state champion. I mean, here we go. That's how deep Minico is. And this kid comes in only losing to three Idaho uh, opponents this year. And you know, Spencer Pease is a guy that I'm kind of pulling for too just because at 182, you know, he he's a three-time state place winner but he's never been to the finals. And he was the district champion enters with a 44 and 5 mark. Um only one loss to an Idaho opponent. And that was the Rogers kid, Adam Meridian, who's headed to Oregon state. So you, you look at this Minico team, they've got some, some star power as well.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really fun to watch that battle between Minico and BK for the title. Similarly at the three, a tournament, Scott, uh, Buell was the team I picked in the preseason to win the three, a championship everybody seems to have pivoted to fruitland now because they are bringing 26 wrestlers that is the most of any team in any classification and then when you combine what they're bringing with their girls uh it is the most combined boys and girls uh as well so fruitland doing a lot of heavy lifting here buell has uh the brunson brothers they've got some athletes up and down the lineup i think you know South Fremont as well can't be discounted. They have been the juggernaut recently in 3A wrestling, yep. but those three to me, Fruitland, Buell, South Fremont, put them in a hat, shake them up.
0: I, I agree 100%. Those are the three that are going to take the trophies, I I, I think. And the battle between Fruitland and Buell is is going to be a good one because, I mean, you go up and down, you know, the ranks in in this. I mean, those are a lot of wrestlers that, that these guys are bringing. You know, Fruitland has got somebody in every single classification, um, as does Buell. So they've got wrestlers in every division, and there's a couple of you know matchups that that jump out to me, um, and that's at the 195. You know, um, number one for Buell, number one rank coming in is is uh, Gabe Finley. You know, he's one of two undefeated athletes in the 3a field you know uh he's 50 and oh i mean this kid is legit but right on his heels is the kid from fruitland will phillips you know so they go one two into that 195 pound and so um i mean that's going to be a fun battle but uh you know buell brings in another number one at the 145 mark with uh, riley brunson you know he was the 2021 state champion and runner up in 23 and he comes in with a 49-1 and mark and his only loss was a medical forfeit. This is a kid coming in with 39 pins on the year. You know, 39 of his 49 are pins. So this is a solid Buell team when they've got some superstars as well. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch.
1: Very interesting battle for sure. In the chat, Easton wants to know, are you taking boys basketball questions right now? Hang out for about five more minutes, Easton. We're going to wrap up our state wrestling and then we're going to get into boys hoops. Um, Okay, let's talk about at the 2A uh, level, Scott. It's 2A and 1A, of course, together. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Magic Valley, I just don't know. You know, Declo comes in with the most at 10. I just don't know that that's yeah. going to be enough to get it done. You know, they could challenge for a top five, maybe a top three, but really, I mean, the three teams that are listed here Kellogg, Malad, New Plymouth, those are the three favorites coming in.
0: Yeah, it is. And Declo, they, you know, they've got a really good wrestler at 132 and Wallace Durfee. I mean, he's the defending state champ at 126, um, 36 and five on the air. Only one loss to a two-way opponent, and that was the kid out of Millad, uh, Drake Morrison. You know, this kid comes in, Wallace Derpy does, as, as a district champion. So he's really kind of the flagship wrestler right now for, for Declan. But I think you're right. It's just just not enough, you know, to get past, you know, some of these two-way powerhouses. I mean, Kellogg and Malad bring in 17 each. that's That's a lot
1: and it helps because they come from larger districts so they get more bids to state available is how that works right Declo, same old story yeah we come from a small district uh paul kingsbury says go grims he's a proud new plymouth alum and new plymouth is the team that you know could definitely i picked malad officially but new plymouth is going to be right there in the mix as well scott and then for girls wrestling only one team in the history of it being a sanctioned sport in Idaho has ever won first place, and that's Eagle. And yep. they're coming in with seven this year. Canyon Ridge is coming with eight, though. And and they and Thunder Ridge are the two that pose the most serious threat to ending Eagle's dynastic run here in Girls Wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's gonna it's boy, I'm just excited that Girls Wrestling is finally uh taken off, you know. And it's just growing and growing and Canyon Ridge comes in with a really good contingent of wrestlers. I mean, uh, they have, you know, some really good girls that can, that can get after it, you know, and, um, Eagle is like you said, they're the only ones that have won a title, but, um, you know, this, this Canyon Ridge team, I've seen them wrestle and, and they've got some, some really good talent, you know, and, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens.
1: Shout out to Jerome bringing five as well. Um, this is in a, like an unprecedented freshman class of wrestlers across the state. And uh young, young woman named Bezdecek from Jerome is yeah. definitely a part of that. She has really been an eye opener this year. She's been a lot of fun to watch compete. Uh, what I like about this and don't like all at the same time is it's one classification, right, Scott? So you've got yep. two A's competing against five A's. It is kind of cool. You know, when would you ever see Rocky Mountain and Bonner's Ferry listed next to each other in anything, right? Yeah, <laughs> and yet yeah. there they
0: are in girls wrestling. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, you know, until this thing grows to a point where we can separate it, this, you know, is what we're going to get. And, you know, and you, and you talk about some some interesting people to watch. I mean, Buell's got a girl named Roxy Sheen um, who is going to be a name you're going to remember for the next few years she's 41 and one as a freshman um she won the raleigh lane with like all of them with uh bonus point victories you know her only loss uh was to a girl out of star valley wyoming you know and so she's going to be one to keep an eye on um but uh you know she let's see what was i going to tell you there oh yeah she could be uh buell's second consecutive girls champion after taylor hood won it last year in her division um but then you get you mentioned the best girl from jerome this is another freshman you know undefeated um she won the usa wrestling 14 and under girls national title in 2023 and uh but she is something to watch. So there are two freshmen from the Magic Valley that are going to be everybody's going to have their eye on. But again, Canyon Ridge is the one that's going to maybe hopefully play spoiler for the Magic Valley um, as they, you know, they were in the top 10 last year as well.
1: I'll give you one more name to keep an eye on from the Magic Valley in girls wrestling Scott it comes at uh 285 Amy Hartman from Mountain Home she comes in as the number 1 seed there and That's we cool. uh just yeah we just recently Alfontes did a really nice hidden gems of Idaho prep wrestling uh deep dive and Q&A with Amy Hartman uh you may have missed that amongst all the girls basketball uh, state action last week, but it was a really fun in-depth article. He went one-on-one with Amy Hartman. She uh, is never without her cowgirl hat, and she gets it signed, Scott, <laughs> from people that she meets all over competing nationally. It's a really cool deal, actually.
0: Wow. See, and that's that's the cool thing about you know what we're doing here, what you guys are doing with all of that is how would anybody ever know that you know unless it gets featured by something that that we're doing. So that, that's pretty cool. That's that makes it so much more interesting.
1: Yeah, let's see if I can pull up a a picture of it here. You can kind of see it. So Scott, if if everyone this is the article, you can find it at idahosports.com. But if you if you blow it up full screen, you can kind of see that hat she's wearing, right? And it's got all mm-hmm. these different signatures yep. on it. It's a pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a really cool deal. Yeah, so, makes me
0: wonder if that's going to start a little trend now. Yeah, you, you never know, know wear, right? You know, I don't wear a cowboy hat, but I you know I wear a like a a batting helmet sometimes. So maybe I can get that signed or my beret. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Your beret. Sure thing. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Ryan Skaggs, our North Idaho prep caster girls wrestling is absolutely blowing up. It's amazing to see the rapid growth statewide. And then he says, let's go Bonner's ferry hashtag win one for the small schools. Hey, that's the thing. When the, when the highest amount of uh, athletes, any one team is bringing is eight yeah that means things are pretty wide open in the team competition so yeah uh, yeah good luck to all of our uh girls wrestlers there all right scott it is time now for uh boys basketball district tournament action a lot of teams have won district titles already we still have some really interesting district games out there kind of hanging in the balance so let's start Uh, let's just start with the teams that have already clinched spots to state. Scott, what I'm going to do is show my screen uh, so you can look at the brackets that way. If you're watching on the idahosports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account, if you're listening, audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, Uh, we still have all of the district brackets on our homepage at idahosports.com. You can follow along that way. Let's start with last night, Scotty, uh, in this District 4 uh, for a Great Basin Conference, where, yeah, we all saw this coming, the number four seed, Minico, back to back district champs uh, for the first time since the late 80s. They beat Canyon yeah. Ridge, the top seed last night, 41 29 to advance to state.
0: Yeah, holy cow. Uh, but Minico, you know what? Minico, under um, a first year head coach, I mean, Brady Trinkle is gone. And if you remember, uh, Brady's kind of MO was really tough physical defense and you have a lot of these kids that are are left over from from brady and i'm not saying nothing away from coach manning he's done a great job adjusting with all of this but last night they showed signs of that toughness they've got size i mean this is a team that if they could just get it together you watch them play and you're like this team should be have a better record than they do you know, but it does take some time to get it together. And really, I, I think if this team could gel, they've got some pieces. I mean, they, they still have Carson Wayman and Riker Stimson on the guard line. all the, the Two fantastic guards. And then you've got Dominic Soto on the inside. So they've got paint presence. They've got shooting guards. They've got height. You know, they have enough to cause some problems at state. And so I'm interested to see kind of how, how this game goes, you know, and you, you look at that, that game against Canyon Ridge. I mean, Minico dropped two games in the regular season to Canyon Ridge, one in overtime uh, and the other one, a four point loss. And, you know, so this is a, I don't know. This is a, a team that's peaking at the right time.
1: Yep. It's going to be interesting to see Riker Simpson led the way with 13 points last night. And for Canyon Ridge, you know, they had been walking that tightrope, Scott, you look back at some of their recent results and they had beaten Minico in overtime in the regular season. And then they had lost to Wood River by three, and then they had beaten Minico by only four and they beat Twin Falls by one and they beat Wood River by three. And they just kept, you know, playing with fire, so to speak. And this time Mm -hmm. it burned them, but now you know, no time to, to really reflect on that. They've got to turn around and host Crosstown Rival Twin Falls, one seed versus two seed for that second and final bid to state. This game's going to be Friday night, Scott. I'm guessing 7 o'clock. I haven't put the time in yet. I haven't heard officially, but.
0: Um, I believe it is 7 o'clock, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, here we go. You know, Twin or Canyon Ridge, one of them's going, one of them staying home. And in the regular season, it was Canyon Ridge beating Twin twice. know for the first time in like you know since you know 1840 and uh you know so Canyon Ridge under head coach Alex Wells in his first year I mean they are really playing well I mean it was always the knock against Canyon Ridge is they always had the best athletes it is could anybody get them to work very hard and and just play to their potential well you know, Alex has done that, and I and I think he's done a great job. I mean, this is a team that came in before losing last night. I mean, they had won eight in a row, and um, and this is a huge Canyon Ridge team. They boast some size. You know, they I mean they've got the Hill kid that stands six nine, um, but they've got they've only got three guys on their roster that are under six feet tall, and th- they have all of the components to be really really good. I mean, Cade McIntyre's kind of been their guy this year. You know, he led the way um, and he's averaging 18 points a game on the season. I mean, this is a really good Canyon Ridge team going up against Twin and Twin's got the pedigree. You know, Twin has the experience. I mean, this is a team that returns a lot of players from last year that were at the state tournament. You know, Mix and Plue and Swenson and Pittard, all those guys are coming back. You know, and so You know, this is a twin team that, like I said, is senior heavy. Um, they're, they're playing okay. You know, the record doesn't quite indicate that, but you know, it's twin falls and Canyon Ridge. And I don't know what it is about twin falls and Canyon Ridge. I know has this mental block in certain areas as do most of the schools in the great basin is sometimes you just line up across from twin falls and you see that across the Jersey. Twin Falls, and then all of a sudden panic sets in because they are the big brother. They're the big town. They're the ones that have all the the money and the resources and the big city, and and everybody just has that mental block. you know. Um, Canyon Ridge, for the first time, shook that mental block off during the regular season, but now can they do it when it counts the most?
1: Twin Falls has the momentum, right? They lost to Minico on a last-second bucket. Here in the semifinal last Thursday, 41-39, and since then, two blowouts over Burley, 71-37, and then last night over Wood River, 75-50. So they're playing with a little momentum. Canyon Ridge has kind of been stunned, as it were. They have to find that momentum. The one thing that's nice for them is it's at Canyon Ridge because that Twin Falls gym, when it's rocking and rolling, that's one of the toughest environments to go win at in the Great Basin Conference. It's an old school gym. The sound yep. really bounces off the walls. It's a tough place to go play. So Canyon Ridge having it at their place is going to be huge for them. But this game will be Friday night, seven o'clock to see who gets to join Minico at state. What a wild time for sure. Uh, last night, Scott in class three, a the Filer Wildcats delivered on the district championship in a, in a pretty large way. Maybe Kimberly 70, To 47 and followers of 3a basketball knew that filer was a really tough team but the casual fans were more concerned with snake river and bonners ferry and mccall donnelly but after this 70 to 47 win secrets out on filer they're coming to state ready to compete for the championship
0: oh my gosh i mean the hottest team in the state bar none at any level i mean they're on a 16 game winning streak after starting the season one and five i mean This is a filer team um, that is hungry. They are talented. And they're going to state. And it's like you said, first time since 2013. um, Or or it's the first SIC title since 2013. They went to state in 2020. But, you know, this is this is a really good team. And you know, they had their hands full for a half against Kimberly. It was only a five point game at the half, and then they kind of ran away with it. Um, but, uh, you know, and Feiler was playing without, you know, Jared Evans, one of their starters who was out with a hand injury. And so what do they do? They next man up mentality. Owen Grant, who's usually their sixth man steps in and leads all scores with 22. So, I mean, this is a Feiler team that is really, really playing well.
1: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see now if Kimberly can get to state via the play in game, they're going to play either Weezer or Fruitland. That game is taking place tonight, I think. I think no matter what, though, Scott, I, I like Kimberly to advance and to get to state also.
0: I, I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I think Weezer's going to knock off Fertland. Um, but then I, I do like Kimberly in this in this matchup. And so I, I agree with you 100%. I do see Filer and Kimberly both at the state tournament.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting battle. Saturday at Mountain Home in that state play-in game. Scott, also Tuesday night, the Decklow Hornets sweep the best-of-three-game series against Wendell. Uh, it was kind of interesting. They split with each other in the regular season, and so tiebreaker, well, there really isn't one. So they came to this agreement where they would play game one of the best-of-three series at a neutral site. It ended up being Valley High School. And then whoever won Game One would then inherit home court advantage. So Declo wins Game One last Tuesday, fifty-three fifty, very tight game. Yeah. And then they get to host a week later, knowing that if they win on their home floor, they're going to state, and they they do it. They turn back Wendell seventy-six to sixty-one. So congratulations to Declo, off to state once again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Congratulations to the Hornets. I mean uh that that first battle at Valley High School a very interesting setup that they had um make it a neutral court which totally negates you know Declo's advantage um but they were able to get to get the road win if you will but uh, you know this is a a, a really good Declo team i mean they've got four seniors on the roster they're back-to-back district champs um but they needed a, a big fourth quarter to get that done as they went on a 22 to 6 run i believe in that fourth quarter uh to get the win. And, you know, and they're, they're looking to get back to state, you know, last year they were there, um, but they went two and out, you know, so they're, they, they, they kind of want to show that they've got what it takes to, to win a game at state. I mean, they were there, I think in 2018, where they took third, but you know, zero and two last year is still sitting kind of fresh in their minds, you know, especially for these four seniors.
1: Declo was a little discounted coming into the football postseason, and we know what they were able to pull off there, uh, making a very deep run. Uh, they have a lot of those same guys: Max Snedeker and Rasmussen, and uh, yeah, all playing, all playing hoops as well. So, congratulations to Deklo winning the District yeah. Two championship. And you're right, Scott, that 76-61 final score uh, was it, game was closer. Than the final score would indicate, Wendell did really push them in two yeah. really tough games.
0: Yeah, and, and a shout out to Wendell. You know, Jordan Swainston finished with 31 points for Wendell in that game, and and really helped. He tried to put his team on his back, um, but it was just too much of the uh, the Gibby and the the Snedeker and you know that crew there. It was just too much. I mean, Gibby finished with 18, Snedek, uh, Snedeker 18 points as well. Um, but you know, hey. Congratulations to to DECLO.
1: Yep. And I kind of forgot, Scott, we've got some pictures of all these district tournament champions that, oh, yeah. uh, that I'm going to share. So here is the DECLO Hornets after winning the District 4 championship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the the the, the times that these two teams played each other, DECLO and Wendell, uh, the team that was ahead at the half lost the game every time coming into this until tell this game, you know? So yeah, a little fun fact for you, but yeah, cool yeah. picture.
1: Yep. And here is Filer after winning the district three championship last night, there's coach Rob Anderson right there with the, uh, with the dome, uh, on the <laughs> second, second in from the left and all those great Filer players celebrating their district championship. And then here's Minico Scott winning boy. With, right with that Riverhawk logo right at midcourt. They went to Canyon yeah. Ridge and won that thing in the road black uniforms. Uh Congratulations to Minico on winning the district title as well. There's Doug Manning, the head coach, on the far right in his first season there at Minico High. So, yeah, really yeah, exciting. Very cool. Yeah. All right. We've got one more photo to share, Scott, and it comes from your favorite league, the One <laughs> Snake River Conference, where holy macaroni, valley is your district champion they won on tuesday night at csi the college of southern idaho they beat oakley 50 to 36 now this was after oakley had boat raced valley in the regular season finale both teams came in with 9 and 0 conference records the winner of that would win the regular season title and get the number one seed at districts oakley won by double digits over valley and so for valley to turn around and then do to oakley what oakley did to them Hey, another masterful coaching job by one of the best in the business, Brian Hardy. Right?
0: Yeah, you know when they lost that nineteen-point game to Oakley in early February, February seventh, it was it was about Oakley just being more physical. I mean, it was they knew that if they wanted to compete, you know, in this conference, and we talk about it all the time, or at least I do, um, that you are going to have to be one tough cookie to survive this conference and Valley got exposed. And what that did is it just made them realize what they needed to work on. And so, you know, they were thinking about this game and this opportunity and hoping they got Oakley back to show that they could be physical with them. You know, Um, it was the quickness of Valley, you know, and they kept attacking the rim. And so, you know, what Valley tried to do is, is you're not going to go stand toe to toe four quarters with a tough, Team like Oakley. What you're going to do is you're going to use your quickness. You're going to try to get to the rim. Uh, You're going to try to score in a paint, shoot free throws, all that stuff. And that's what Valley did is they just attacked, attacked, attacked. And, you know, as a result, it's the second conference championship in three years for Valley. Um, Pedro Robles, 20 points. Christensen finished with 18. Um, So congratulations on on a great effort by Coach Hardy and the Valley Vikings.
1: And they're uh, headlined or quarterbacked, if you will, by Josh Hardy, the great quarterback in football. He's the point yeah. guard for this Valley team. And so uh, it's been fun to watch them. Scott Oakley now a chance to get to state in the third place contest tonight, Thursday night at Jerome High School. They're going to play Kerry. Look at what Kerry's had to do. They played in the in the semifinals last Wednesday. Kerry lost that game 55-36 and then Kerry has been walking the tightrope. They beat Raft River by six in a loser out game, 62-56. They beat Lighthouse Christian in the final 90 seconds, essentially, in the fourth place game, 50-48. to Can the Panthers walk the tightrope one more time, or will Oakley get back to state? Kerry on the line, Scott. They have made state 18 consecutive years. Can they make yeah. it 19? <laughs> that That
0: is the stat that jumped out to me more than anything. I mean, this is going to be for Kerry 19 years in a row at the state tournament. That's unheard of. But they've got to get past Oakley. And that game is going to be at Jerome tonight, 7 o'clock. I'm going to be there on the mic, um, spinning records, doing my thing, and just watching these guys go at it. And, uh, you know, this is – I mean, they played once. Um, or excuse me, yeah. Before Once, the tournament, and they yeah. both of them were won by uh, Oakley, and you know, one two point game, and the other one a little bit of a blowout. But uh, you know, Oakley is just a a tough physical team, and and again, we talked about this a little bit ago. Is how are they going to react? You know, what? How are they going to respond to this? Carry team who just seems to be riding Lady Luck at the moment. Um, this is—I don't know—I'm I'm really interested in in this game because there's some pretty good players. I mean, one that jumps out to me is Preston Wood. Um, he finished with 24 points, but this is a guy that can just really light it up, and you know, he can attack the rim, he can shoot the rock, and um, this is going to be a really fun game to watch
1: and dick simpson has been coaching a long time there at Kerry he just knows mm-hmm. how to get it done year in year out they played once in the regular season scott you're right oakley won that game by 59 57 and i hope yeah. a similar outcome is headed your way tonight just for the sake of being an enjoyable contest
0: yeah um, you know it's funny because i got i got a call uh today from uh randy Wynn, head of officials and uh you know he would would just shoot in the, the breeze a little bit and And he told me the crew that was coming over tonight for this game. And it's, it's a good, good crew. So, I mean, they know what's at stake here. So they've got some of their best officials coming uh, for this one.
1: That's awesome. Scott, I'm going to be broadcasting the 1A D one state tournament for Idaho sports.com. So I'll, I'll be watching this with vested interest. Joel Richardson's going to be broadcasting with me and he says back and forth, double digit wins between Oakley and Valley selfishly, he would love to see Valley and Oakley rematch at state and he says I imagine the scoring would be closer. Yes, I think so with coach Beck for Oakley and coach Hardy for Valley. They're great at adjusting as we've just seen in the last week or so between the two sides. So
0: Yeah, yeah, why not? But 1AD1 both some of the best best teams in the tournament. Yep. Yeah. Only district championship that is yet to be decided,
1: Scott, is at the 1AD2 level. Before we get to that though, here are the Valley Vikings posing with that District championship trophy on the floor at CSI, the College of Southern Idaho, earlier this week. There's Coach Hardy all the way on the far left. Good athletes. They're not uh, tall. They don't have a ton of height, but man, they they defend you and they're all athletic and can handle the ball. So,
0: yep, yep, good for them. That's gonna uh, so exciting for them. And you know, playing at CSI is is quite a quite a fun deal too. Because when I was in high school, our all of our conference tournaments were held on that floor and that was back in you know by candlelight (laughs) yeah right
1: (laughs) all right scott let's get to the 182 sawtooth conference where yeah
0: this is is a head scratcher brandon i'm not this I, i don't know about this one
1: i don't know what happened here Camas county has been the number one ranked team in in the coaches poll, the media poll pretty consistently throughout the season. They beat Dietrich in the undefeated semifinal last Wednesday, 82 to 60. Dietrich has to kind of, you know, hold Hagerman at bay in a loser out game by nine 73, 62. I guess that's by 11. Um, and then we get this district championship game last night, Scott, and we come in, in knowing one bid to state is available. It's a true double elimination tournament. So if Dietrich is going to pull it off, they got to beat Camus, County not once but twice. And here they are. They take step one, 52-51 final. Yeah. And now they're going to meet up at Richfield. <laughs> How ironic is that? They're meeting at a district rival, Richfield, to yeah. settle the score Friday night, 7 o'clock, win and you're in true if necessary game 7 of the tournament.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and it's such a head scratcher because of the dominance of Camus. I mean, they have played 4 times this year, right? The first time Camus won by 30. The second time Camus won by 27. The third time Camus won by 22. Last night they lose by one. What happened? I mean, and like you said, this has been a Camas team that has been dominant all year. And for Dietrich, you know, that's their first win versus Camas since January of 21. I mean, that is how dominant this Camas team has been. And now all of a sudden they just got punched in the mouth by a team that should not have even been in the gym with them according to the previous three games. And now, I'm interested to see how Camus responds. Are they going to tighten up and realize that, hey, we can get beaten at any time and Dietrich has got some momentum and some confidence, or are they just going to say, you know what, hey, we are the better team, flex our muscle, relax, get out there, do what you've done all year long. I don't know.
1: I'll tell you, this is going to sound weird. First of all, for Camus, the 51 points, second lowest Point total of the year. The only time they scored less than 51 was in a loss to Emmett, a class 4A team they added to the schedule this year. They lost 49 44. So, otherwise, you know, they have been above that 51 point mark, even in their other losses. So, Dietrich mm-hmm. really put the clamps down defensively and probably a cold night from Camus, a combination yep. of the two. You would think Dietrich is the team that's playing with house money, right? Camus is the heavy favorite. I think yep. it actually goes the other way, Scott, because now Dietrich's done it, and now the pressure is on them to see if they can pull it off again. Where I actually think Camus has less
0: pressure on them. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. I mean, and if you've got a, a a real solid difference between the talent levels of the teams, it, talent is not going to lose two in a row. Uh, it, they they just don't. Um, but if they're evenly matched, then it. Becomes who's got the momentum and the confidence and the swagger, but but I, but I think you're right. You know, I mean, Camus came out and just stunk the place up. Uh, Dietrich did what they needed to do. Um, can they do it again? I don't. If I'm a betting man, I mean, I, I'm going to say Camus in this one just because they are that much. They're good. They're really good.
1: Yeah, I I got a report from our boss, Paul Kingsbury. He was uh, putting in the scores last night and reaching out to coaches and people. And here's what Paul said. Caught him on a bad night. Dietrich got him flustered and took advantage. That's the report that he got. So, okay, we'll see if the Devils can do it. It, Can the Devil Magic work its way in for a second night? We'll find out. It's going to be
0: interesting for sure. So, Yep, that's the last one we've got on the boys' side. And then, then the field will be set from the Magic Valley. That's
1: right. So Scott, next week on the Magic Valley Prepcast, in place of you and I talking, we'll have our traditional boys basketball state tournament preview special. That'll be next Tuesday night, probably at seven o'clock Mountain Time. We did eight o'clock Mountain for the girls, and I got some complaints from the guys that it went past their bedtime. So,
0: oh might, my, are you kidding me? We might All move right. it back an hour. So we are. We are going. It's going to be the twenty seventh. Uh that's that's, ye- that's that's Tuesday.
1: It's gotta be because I've got I'm I'm traveling Wednesday and it takes me eight hours to drive to Boise. And so yep. And Monday's gonna be probably eight hours? Thing.
0: Jeez, yeah. Miss Daisy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and and I hope
1: everyone appreciates the sacrifice I'm making by putting the show at seven o'clock mountain. That's six o'clock where I live. That's dinner time, Scott. I am oh, postponing, boy. and I'm a guy that likes to eat. All right, I am postponing my dinner so we can do this state tournament preview special.
0: Oh my, oh oh, geez. There's the beret. I yep. Somehow I think Paul has hacked our system. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, China's oh, awesome. China's overridden the system or something. So yeah, anyway, exactly.
0: We 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 aligned with TikTok or something here. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh um, my Lord.
1: Big thanks to everybody who tuned into the Magic Valley PrepCast this week. Next week's state tournament preview special for boys. Then we'll be back in two weeks, Scott, to recap yep.
0: everything. Yep, and then I'll have Scott's thoughts, thoughts for you at that point, too. It's just one busy time getting all these state tournaments together. Thought we'd table it, but, you know, when we come back, uh, it's going to be about asking for help, and it's going to focus uh, uh, predominantly on the the side of mental health.
1: Yeah, it's going to be know? an important one, so we want to yep. make sure we get it right, too. So,
0: Yep. For
1: sure. All right. Thanks for tuning into the Magic Valley PrepCast, everybody. Enjoy the competition this weekend. Wherever you're going, please arrive safely. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.